This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and I'm kind of flying solo this week. We'll see. We'll see. This, uh, <laughs> man, Pastor... We're going to talk to Pastor Ken Keltner for the first segment. And boy, I, I miss sitting in the studio with this man. And then the next three segments here on Faith in the Zone, Milwaukee Zone. Troy Cotton Jr., former Milwaukee King player and basketball player at UW-Green Bay, and he played at a really high level, and he is a uh, he's a good man. I look forward to our time with him. This first segment, Pastor Ken Keltner, how you been? I've been doing great, Mike. Uh... Yeah, I miss being in the studio with you, but I'm I'm glad you're taking it and running with it. Well, you know what? And we're going to, you know, this is the first new show. And I know that people that listen to Faith in the Zone understand it. And I know that we've got new listeners that are going, did, did they just talk about Christmas? You know, and it's the middle of June. <laughs> you know, uh, they got to understand yeah, exactly. that I have not, we have not been able to get in studio. I do all my high school shows uh, from my office at my house. And we could not get into a studio. And the one studio that had a phone line was off limits for a while. And and so, you know what? Thank God that we're, we're able to, to do this and, and get, get back at it a little bit. And uh, from here on out, hopefully we'll have just nothing but new shows. And, you know, Pastor, the tough part for me is uh, this show is so needed right now with everything that's going on. And I had a lot of people asking me, hey, what's going on? And I would tell them. And uh, but from here on out, hopefully that you know we could start talking to people about what's going on in our world right now. Pastor, how uh, how are things with you and and your family? I know this stuff because you and I talk a lot, but you know our listeners don't. Every, everybody's okay. Oh yeah, everyone's doing well. Uh, you know you, uh, you you coached all four of them. The youngest was probably the one uh, 
that gave you the most trouble, and right now he is almost getting through special forces. I think we've had him on the broadcast. We have. You know, once. And um, so, yeah, he uh, went through Army Ranger training and is close to getting his Green Beret, and so uh, uh, he's a, he's getting to be a big boy. But my second, who is a youth pastor out in Little Lake Harbor, New Jersey, he and his wife, Becca, and three grandkids are here with us this week. So uh, I've been having fun playing grandpa. I mean, I played a little duck, duck, goose tonight, and I just dominated. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> and, and you know what? Knowing you, you you pick the teams. You, hey, I got this kid. I got, I'm going I'm to win this thing, knocking kids over. They're crying. That's good, Pastor. That's, that's no, good. Of course, of course I would. I just had to say that for you, Mike. Hey, I got to tell you, you know, Kevin, we, we replayed uh, – Kevin and Becca's show, um, show when they were in studio with with me, and uh, you know, I, I I'm telling you, if people want to know the kind of basketball player, well, how Kevin played, watch the Celtics and watch Gordon Hayward. Yeah, this guy, I, I can't, I keep telling everybody, man, that's Keltner. And certainly at a different level, but you yeah. know he changes speeds. He, he sees the floor. He hits big shots. He rebounds. You know all the things Kevin did. I uh, boy, I miss coaching those boys. Him and Keith and my son Matthew and and Kurt oh. too a little bit. But Kurt was by himself because he was the youngest. And uh, yeah, he he was a handful. I got to be nice oh. to him now because you know he could probably you know put me in the mm-hmm. hospital with his pinky finger or something. Yeah, I still remember when you guys were uh, in that semifinal game of state out there in Watertown at Maranatha, and and uh, you you came out and on offense, and and they went triangle and two to keep Keith and Matt from scoring, and and Kurt was just wide open, just kept draining threes on them. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, that was good. Hey, that you you think that was good coaching, but man, it wasn't. <laughs> it was no, no, no. Oh, good shot, Kurt. No, no, good oh, Kurt. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's my man right there. Man, yeah, calmly, exactly. he was a freshman and just he yeah. hit three threes in a row and they had to come out of it and then we ran him <laughs> out of the gym. Yeah, that was yeah. uh that was good, man. Hey, so uh, real quickly and, and and then we'll cut you loose. The with what's going on with with our world and in in the the political world and and this virus and you know what a time for us at Brookside to be going through the Book of Revelations. Yeah, oh, exactly. I don't know how many people have said to me, uh, and you know through uh, through the online services and stuff, we we really address more of the issues at hand, and we didn't go into Revelation because I really didn't want anybody to miss it. You know. And since we were online, right. But since we've come back, yeah, I don't know how many people come out and go, man, I can't believe we're in Revelation. And this week, oh wow, you know, the Bible offers um, a great encouragement and hope, but it also speaks uh, of God's judgment that somebody, somebody's going to give account of their actions, you know, and and we're all accountable and responsible to God. And and some passages are real heavy and whoa. And this Sunday is one of those passages that it's still yet to come where God is just going to unleash his judgment on the earth. And there's not going to be any environmentalists that are going to be able to try to explain, hey, how is all this happening? It is just going to be one after another. And so we're not there yet. And uh, I just uh, that's what I love about Faith in the Zone. (laughs) And our guests are out there sharing how they know they're going to live with God one day. And that's the message that you know, people are looking for. I talked to someone this last week, and they go, man, I'm just looking for peace, man. Right. I want peace. And I said, well, I'll introduce you to the Prince of Peace. That's Jesus. And he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father 
except through me. And and uh, it's just it's just wonderful to get that message out because people are looking for answers today. And and I tell you, I mean, we we just live in a volatile society right now. As far as how do we handle our frustrations when we see injustices, and uh, you know, being in a fallen world with fallen authority, we're going to constantly see injustices. And yet, how do I respond to it? Well, I'll tell you what, Pastor. But, we we replayed the uh, Pastor Daryl Strawberry show a few weeks ago, and you yeah. know, when when he comes on and says, "Look, I thought I had everything I wanted in life. What I dreamt about my whole life." was to be one of the best baseball players of all time, to have all the money, all the girls, all the cars, the houses, the drugs, all of it, and I had no peace. None. Mm-hmm. And yeah. until I turned it over, and he said, it took, it, look, it took me to go, they sent me away. And I, I had a lot of time on my hands there for a while. And that's what, and I grew up in a family that had a lot of faith base to them, but I thought, no, that's not for me. I, I'm going to go out and get all this stuff, and that's what's going to make me happy, and I'm going to have peace at that point. So it's interesting you, you use that word because that that was really interesting for me to hear a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and you know, it kind of reminded me, too, of uh, Bobby Richardson when we had Bobby on and when he played second base for the Yankees, and uh, uh, he, he told that story about going in to see Mickey Mantle on his deathbed, and Mickey Mantle had, uh, you know, pulled out one of the Bibles placed there by the Gideons, you know, in his hospital bed there at Baylor Hospital in Dallas. And he said, man, I needed John 3.16, you know, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he looked at Bobby, remember, he called him preacher. He goes, preacher, I know I'm going to heaven. That I, I made that decision in my hospital bed. And, man, I, I wasted a lot of my life, destroyed a lot of people in the process. but." He finally came to know the truth, and uh, man, I, yeah. pa- Pastor, I, I I miss doing that. I miss you in studio, brother. I do. <laughs> you know, people people can go online and listen to you, and people will come, you know, to to Brookside. But man, I get to sit in studio and listen to you, and then I critique the way you <laughs> preach because that you know that's who I am, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Oh well, uh, we have a great time, man. I you 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 bring out you bring out the uh, excitement uh, in my life, Mike, and uh, I sure appreciate you. Appreciate you and Terry and your investment, our boys. I do miss watching Matt play ball with the guys and. Uh, that was fun. You know, well, I'm gonna, you, you, you dubbed him well, the, Conca- the Caucasian invasion. The Caucasian <laughs> invasion. And look, Troy Cotton's coming up, and, and Troy can straight up, and he can still play. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk a little smack with Troy Cotton. Don't get on the court with me, young <laughs> well, man. I, w- I, would, you, <laughs> I would think you would, Mike. You want no part of me, man. I'm a little quicker than I was a little while ago, so be careful. That's my first step. Hey, Pastor, thank you so much. And, brother, we will uh, we'll figure out a way to get, to, to get you on. And uh, I miss having you. Um, I, you know how much I love you and, and Kathy and your family. It's you know you're just one of one of the dearest friends I've ever had in my life. So, brother, um, I look forward Three to way street, baby. Hey, you you got it. Have a good one. We'll uh, okay. we'll we'll get to a break. Hold on, Pastor. We'll get to a break uh, on the other side of the break. We will talk with former Milwaukee King and UW Green Bay basketball player. If you've been around uh, the basketball scene at all in the city of Milwaukee, you know Troy Cotton Jr. And you know his dad, big fan of his dad as well. But Troy's going to join us on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. 
back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. Boy, it was good to talk to Pastor Ken Keltner on this show. I talk to him all the time, but... Boy, he is missed uh, on Faith in the Zone. And like we talked about, it's been hard not being in studio. You know, when stuff going on in our world right now, I think a show like this is needed more than ever. And uh, now that we're able to go live again and uh, get some new shows out there, one of the first young people that I talked to and called and asked to come on the show is a guy that I've known his father a long time, and I was a big fan of his when he played basketball in this area. And and like I said at the end of the last segment, if you've been around the high school basketball scene at all, you know who Troy Cotton is. You know who Troy Cotton Jr. is. And if you've been in the gym once or twice, you've seen his dad. Because I'll tell you what, his dad for a while there was in every gym I was in, and and that was a lot. So our special guest for the rest of the show, he's Milwaukee's own. He's back living uh, here in Milwaukee, and he is Troy Cotton Jr. Troy, how you been? Good, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing good. So, you know, um, I used to see you every Wednesday night. You know, um, Troy and, and his dad, his dad's an elder, master, uh, a pastor at uh, Marlin Locks Church. And uh, the, if you listen to Faith in the Zone, all music that you hear is music from, from Marlin Locke, and, and he's got a great music ministry. And, uh, man, I was telling Troy, they, they, they would come together as a church at a park across the street from my house, and I'd know a lot of these guys, so I'd stop over and say hello. And it seemed like every time I came over there by the softball diamond, there was like a call that had to be, was he safe, was he out? Was the ball fair, was it foul? And they'd look at me, I'm like, I'm not getting involved in this, man. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, Troy, how is, uh, how's the church going? How's Pastor Mar- uh, Marlon Locke? How's your family? Everybody's doing Okay. Yes, sir. Everything is going well. Uh, we actually moved service outside. We have a tent outside, uh, still practicing social distancing. Um, but uh, church is going well. Uh, family is going well. I have three beautiful daughters. I've been married for three years now. So just blessed uh, to be uh, and live in the life that I have. You know, uh, Troy, anytime I talk to a guy who's got, you know, two daughters or three daughters, you must have done something early in your life that karma's come back because you're the only guy in that house, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be reminded of that a lot. Um, I strive for a boy, but God has blessed me with girls, so I'm just going to go with that girl's dad uh, mentality that's going on now, and I, I'm blessed to have all three of them. Well, I can tell you this, and we did have this conversation. I've seen. I've not met your wife, but I've seen pictures of her. And hey, no offense, because I'm the president of this Outkicks Your Coverage, Man, come on now, right? <laughs> come on. You, well, hey, Mr. Cotton, not bad for a Milwaukee King guy right there. I'm just saying she looks beautiful. And everything that you've told me um, off the air is she is as beautiful on the inside as she is on the out. Absolutely. Uh, actually, we knew each other our whole life. Uh, we, we grew up at Unity Gospel House of Prayer. And um, we just went through life, made our mistakes, but um, we found each other. Uh, three years ago, and we, as soon as we uh, committed to each other, we knew this is the best thing. Matter of fact, uh, my dad and her dad was best friends growing up, so it was kind of meant to be. Um, and she definitely makes me look good, um, so I'm blessed to have her. Yeah, what is her first name? Uh, Cortina. Cortina. You know, uh, 
You, you had made a comment to me, and and look, we are different places in our lives. I'm a grandfather of four. Um, you know, you're still a young guy that I'm, and we'll get into whether you can still hit a jump shot or not, because I'm going to talk a little smack with you. But, you know, you said, look, Cortina really, um, really helped me get back to, to walking worthy and getting back to walking, you know, in, in my, in my faith. And, and I said, man, my, my wife too, I don't know where I'd be with, without her. And I, you know, you you said kind of the same thing and, and, uh, God has blessed you and I with with really uh, fine, godly women. Absolutely. Um, she kept her standards. Um, and I'm not saying that I didn't try, but definitely um, she kept her standards and she made sure that I was a man of God before anything. Um, so before we even went on the first date, we had that communication of, hey, I'm looking for a man of God, um, a man that's going to be ahead of my household. And a man's going to take me serious and love me the way I need to be loved. And um, we wouldn't go on the first day until we had that establishment. So she kept me accountable. Um, she still keeps me accountable. Uh, we reading my word, make sure that we pray. So she's the reason, the main reason why I'm still saved today. And I still keep that mentality of I, got, I still got to be the man that she met before we got married. Man, that's awesome. You know what? And we're going to, in next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about your testimony. But look, I, I, when I say that I was a fan of yours as a basketball player, um, look, I've been around. I coached 36 years. I've been in and out of gyms. But I kind of forgot. Like, I knew how, what a fan I was of yours, but I kind of forgot how good you were until I went back and started looking at the stats that you had at Green Bay and the stats with the, the kind of numbers and the recognition that you got over at Milwaukee King. And it's like, man, you know, this this guy, back-to-back state championships, your freshman and sophomore year, first-team all-area pick with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel his senior year. He was in the WBCA Division One All-Star Game, named to the All-State Tournament team as a sophomore. I mean, it just kind of goes on and on. We, we only have three segments. I could keep going, Troy. Hey, when, when you look back at your basketball career, um, wh- how fondly do you remember your high school days? I remember every minute of it. Um, just for the simple fact that my dad uh, really trained me well of taking every game seriously, uh, making sure that I was trained to be a winner. Um, I started playing basketball when I was five years old, and I never played my own age. I always played up. Um, and we trained every single day. I don't remember a lot of Christmas or Thanksgivings because we was out um, at the park training. Um, even in middle school, I had to wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning, go to the uh, Lincoln Park by myself, no matter if it was raining or snowing, I'll go get some shots up, then go on a school bus, uh, go to school, and then practice after that, and then come home and do homework. So uh, he really trained me to be a winner, uh, make sure I had that winner mentality. And in high school, I had a great coach, uh, Jim Goss, uh, that really uh, challenged me, uh, gave me that mentality of being a college player before I was even ready. Um, it really challenged me mentally to be the best that I can be. So I get honor to my coaches and also my dad uh, for my career uh, thus far. Hey, Troy, you know, we, um, I coached my son, too, in AAU and in high school and stuff. And, you know, there were some times, and, and, and though your dad wasn't on the bench, I don't think with Coach Guys, but, you know, you first brought him up. 
Was that always, um, did, did you always think of, of the stuff he was making you do fondly? I mean, were you always, yeah, there had to be some issues at times, at least in your mind about, come on, man, it's really cold out. I don't want to get shots up today. Oh, absolutely. I hate it. Uh, I would be lying and say that I enjoyed every single minute of it. Um, I had a frown on my face um, every time I went to go work out. But um, the ultimate goal was um, to make to get a scholarship, of course, uh, for college. He always um, told me, hey, you got to get a full scholarship, basketball scholarship, because I want you to get further than when I went. Um, so he always challenged me to think ahead of where I am today. And it was it was tough. Uh, we got in a lot of uh, bickering arguments just about hey, I got to give more. We got a lot of shots up and it, it wasn't easy. Um, it wasn't easy at all. He was my biggest critic, but also my biggest fan. So even in the game, he always told me, hey, nobody should be able to challenge you like I can challenge you. So you should not fear no one. So when I had a hard coach like Coach God, uh, trust me, my dad hollered at me more than Coach God, so I was able to handle that. So he really uh, challenged me and prepared me for every moment in my life. Man, I and look, I've been a big fan of your dad's for a long time, and he uh, and I he, I think he would say the same thing that I said, and I've told my son this. I wasn't put on this earth to raise a happy child. I was put on this earth to raise a happy adult. Are you happy? And he's like, Yeah, I'm really happy. I said, Look at that, I did something right. And uh, you know what? Thank God for 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 him that he was willing to to say, okay, I, I don't mind if my son's upset with me. One day he's gonna he'll he'll come up to me and say thank you. Hey Troy, um, I thought you and I are friends on Facebook, and I would recommend uh, people listening get to Troy's Facebook page and and send him a friend request if for nothing else to be able to watch his Wednesday morning message. And can we talk a little bit before we get to a break about how you started that and the reason you started it? Absolutely. Um, it was my pastor, uh, Pastor Marlon Locke. He challenged me. He sent me a message a couple months ago uh, just saying, I think uh, this will be good for you to do, uh, to get out there on social media, especially during the pandemic where we could not be uh, in the church house. I couldn't uh, really talk to the youth and other members um, just about keeping their encouragement and the faith. Um, so he challenged me to put something out. So I prayed about it. Um, I fasted about it with my wife. And I decided to do it, um, and I started it, and it just started flowing from there um, because I've been doing messages for years just on our church group meetings um, that we have. Uh, but definitely this was something, this was a challenge for me because I was thinking that other people wouldn't like it, or, but I just gave the glory to God, and I just put the message out. It's really been blessing a lot of people. Yeah, I would, again, I just recommend, if, if nothing else, you know, uh, go on Facebook and, and, and friend him so you can take a listen to his, when, it's Wednesday, like you're winning, Wednesday morning message, and the, the September 2nd one was, I need a change, and, and go and listen to that one, um, and it's just really, I, I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter, you know, where you are in, in your life, I, this, this young man is going to say something on one of those Wednesdays, that you're going to go, oh, amen, amen to that. That's me or that's my friend or that should be that. And and I would highly recommend it if, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of like twins because we both can shoot the ball a little bit. But other than that, we're complete opposites, you know, because I'm old and he's not. 
and neither look i can't shoot at it i'm just telling you i told pastor ken troy that i was going to challenge you and tell you don't you even think about trying to get on the court with me i'm gonna embarrass you and then Pastor said yeah you go ahead and do that if you've seen troy cotton play defense or any of jimmy guys boys play defense you want no part of them boys we can get to a break other side of the break we're going to ask troy cotton jr for his testimony and later in the show we're going to have a discussion about what's going on a little bit in our community. And and uh, if anybody that, that you can, can say some really wise words about, you know, what's going on and what, what he thinks should happen, I think Troy Cotton Jr. is going to let us know. And uh, I look forward to hearing that from him. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Mequon. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, our special guest. Again, if you're a Milwaukee basketball guy, you know the name Troy Cotton. Troy Cotton Jr., Junior kind, uh, what they call you, little Troy? Is that it? Yeah. Um, no matter how much I grow up or I be around my dad, I can be fifty years old, I still be little Troy to everyone. That's, uh, awesome. that's just a nickname that always will follow me, so I'm cool with that. Hey, he, your dad's an elder um, over at Unity Gospel, right? House of Prayer. Yes, sir. Yeah. He um, is he still doing the T-shirt stuff? Because I man, he had some great T-shirts that he was doing some stuff with when I used to see you guys at the park across the street. Is he still doing some of that? Yes, uh, it's called Caution Gear. Uh, he still does that um, during this pandemic. We're trying to get him online set up right now. Uh, he's doing that as well. As well, he's coming out with a new one. Um, I'm combining with him. It's called Agar Gear. Um, it stands for Ain't God, Ain't God All Right, A Agar. Um, that's, that's something that we're coming out with as well. So we're definitely going to be coming out with it about a month or so. Hey, and then on your Facebook page, there's a company called the Unity Company where they've got some some really nice T-shirts with great messages on. And is that uh, is that some people in your family or just friends or? Yes, it's actually uh, four brothers. Uh, they go to Unity Gospel House of Prayer. We grew up at Unity. Uh, they're like family to me. Um, and they started this company um, to bring awareness uh, how much we need Unity at a time that we in in this country. Um, it's four brothers, the Green Brothers. Um, and they came out with this company. They're going to be doing a lot of community service work as well in the community. Um, so they're doing a great job. And we we all trying to support them with the T-shirts. And definitely any any help that they need in the community, we'll definitely assist them as well. Yeah, the name of that company, again, the Unity Company, you might want to check them out. But as I talked about in the first segment, I, I would uh, – you can get all this information. You, you follow – you know, be, become friends with Troy. It's Troy T.C. Cotton Jr. Or go on his Facebook and, and make sure Wednesday mornings, you know, you take a look at that. Hey, Troy, can let's talk a little bit about your testimony and, and – uh, Obviously, you talked about growing up in the church, but, you know, not, you, we don't always walk worthy. And I'm wondering if you can share your testimony when you fully accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Absolutely. It was uh, my junior year in college. Uh, that was back in uh, 2008. But before that, um, God has always been in my life. I grew up in a church, but 
I never accepted him. Um, I chose basketball over him several times. Um, I only thought I needed God for game day. So I would pray. I would listen to gospel music, Christian music on game days, and then thought that I didn't need God uh, throughout the week. Um, and that was something that I was dealing with. Um, I always knew my calling. I never accepted it um, until my junior year in college uh, where I came back home and my dad took me to Mississippi. We go to Mississippi every year um, in August. And I had that month off uh, from basketball. Um, coach allowed me to come home. So I went to Mississippi and I asked to um, go see my granddad's grave. I never met him. Actually, my mom found out she was pregnant with me um, at his funeral. Um, so I'm the only grand grandchild he never met. Um, so I went there and I talked with him. Um, and I actually heard God's voice uh, said that I belong to him. And if I really want to be successful, if I really want to be the man that I was designed to be, um, it's time for me to give uh, my whole life to him, not just on game days. Let's not just talk to him when I think I need him. He's not a vending machine, but actually uh, accept him every single day in my life. Um, and on that day, when I came back to Milwaukee, um, I gave my life to the, uh, to the Lord, and it's been history ever since. Um, my life has never been the same. Oh, boy. this You know, Troy, this is the reason I, I, I've missed doing new Faith in the Zone shows, because Pastor Ken, if he was here, he'd say, look, those stories never get old. They never get yeah. old. And, and, and Troy, you know what? You, I, I envy you, young man, that you figured it out a lot earlier than some of us did. And you know what? You, you, you can, you're going to be able to do so many things and great things with your life and, and, and being able to help people. When, when you're a guy that, you know, was as old as I was when, when he made that decision, you know, it's it just I wasted a lot of time. You know, I wasted a lot of time and effort. And the best part for me, Troy, is I don't have to lie anymore, you know. No, there's no to lie about anything. It's just, you know, if I don't like the dinner, I go, hey, it wasn't my favorite. You know, that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> man, hey, let me ask you this. As a junior in in college is when you accepted, fully accepted, what, what, what was it like going back then on campus? Because I'm sure that people saw a different Troy Cotton Jr. Oh, absolutely. Um, of course, um, when you are a teenager or when you are at that stage in your life, um, you want to lie about it. You want to be cool. You want to still go out. But I made um, a promise to God um, that I'm going to I'm going to do everything I need to do to stay uh, straight, uh, to stay safe, to make sure that I'm doing everything to please him, not others. See, I was a people pleaser uh, my whole life. Um, even in basketball, I made sure everybody was pleased. I made sure that my teammates knew I was cool. I was down so I could be the best teammate I could be. When I went back my junior year, um, they saw the change in me. And actually, I had teammates um, that wanted to do prayer service with me and read the Bible and things like that. Um, I was actually praying for other teammates. Um, so they accepted me, um, but I had to allow them to see me in a different light instead of hide from it because I had to bring light to a dark room. And that was my responsibility. Once I gave my life to Christ, I am, I am light now. And then once I brought light to a dark situation, now they could see everything clearly and differently, the same that I did. And that just made everybody's life uh, just different and better. I see people, uh, my teammates and also classmates, um, I saw their life change uh, because I decided to change my life. Um, so it was a beautiful thing. It was just something that I had to be a man about. 
and um, allow people to see my light instead of just hiding it when I'm around people. Amen to that. Hey, we've asked a number of uh, of um, ex-athletes this question, and, and I'm wondering, you know, that junior and senior year up at UW-Green Bay, was it easier for you to walk worthy inside the locker room or when you were outside the locker room? Uh, it was easier um, to walk um, outside of the locker room. Um, it was harder to walk in because, of course, you're around other people that want to do what they want to do. Um, but outside of it, I, I kind of just stayed to myself. Um, I made sure that um, I stayed in my word. I made sure that I watched videos. My mom uh, was uh, truly a blessing in my life during that time. Um, she always played gospel music uh, when I was little. Um, and that brought to my remembrance uh, once I really gave my life to Christ. Uh, we listened to gospel music together. Um, she would call me and pray with me before every game um, and really uh, just kept me focused. Um, so outside of the locker room was really my space where I can really just uh, give God glory no matter if I won or lost um, and really give him that time that um, he needed, he deserved, and then also I needed to stay focused. Troy, is your your mom is still uh, is she still around? Yes. They yes, must sir. be. They must be so proud of you, man. Yeah. Um, you know, they always tell me it took me long enough, but uh, they both ministers. Uh, my dad and my mom. Um, they taught me the right way. They taught me how to sacrifice. They taught me about uh, being a servant uh, in the church. Uh, my mom and my dad was van drivers when I was little, so I had to wake up early in the morning with them. Um, and pick people up. Um, that's why I serve in the church today. I give that all to them uh, because they really taught me the values of serving. Um, and that's why um, God uh, allowed me to come up with a nickname called The Waiter. Uh, that's kind of where that came from uh, for the simple fact that I, I love serving God's people. You know, we, we, uh, I, we talk a lot about servant leadership nowadays when you talk to high school football coaches and basketball coaches, and they utilize that, that term servant leadership. And I don't know back, you know, when you were playing, if that term was used very often, but, I, but I'll ask some of these kids, where did, where did your motivation for being such a good servant leadership leader be? And obviously you've talked about your mom and dad, and that's, you know, they, they certainly put that in your heart at an early age. Absolutely. Um, even in sports, um, I mean, you've you got to be a great follower before you become a great leader. And um, I followed the coaches' um, instructions that they gave me. I followed their leadership. I knew they um, every coach that I played uh, for, um, they were great men that taught me values, life values, um, that I carry on to this day. Um, to this day, I always use the slogan to use basketball, don't allow basketball to use you. And I learned that from Coach Guys and also uh, Coach uh, K in uh, University of Green Bay. So they really uh, brought the values in me um, to that no matter what uh, the difference is, playing hard, and also competing. That, that's two different things. Um, and I really learned that um, in college. And competing is the, the beautifulest thing that I ever learned in my life about competing because I played hard with a lot of coaches. But when I, when I learned how to compete, uh, that was something that changed my life. Yeah, I, I bet. Hey, before we get to a break, and, and we're going to talk about this on the other side of the break, 
You know, Troy, I've, I, I've lived in the city of Milwaukee my whole life. And, and again, I'm at a different age. I've been around a long time. And I, I have never seen us more divided as, as a city and as a country. And it scares me. It scares me. And, I'm, and again, I'm at an age that normally, you, you know, guys like me say, look, I've seen it all. I've seen all this stuff. And I don't know if I've seen it this bad. And I'm wondering for you, um, you know, being a Milwaukee guy, but much younger and, you know, in the African-American community, I'm in the, you know, the white community. And I'm wondering is, you know, what, what, what keeps you up at night with all this stuff? Well, what keeps me up at night is now that I have children, uh, seeing that things haven't changed or um, since I was growing up, they haven't changed. Um, now social media is, is um, big in our society today, but it's been going on for decades and years. Um, it just hasn't been filmed. Um, so this is one thing that I just I pray about every single day that my, my daughters um, don't have to go through this. Um, as they growing up, um, but also that it don't touch my front door um, because um, I want to make sure that my family is safe, but also they are knowledgeable and aware of what's going on in the world today, and they actually know what to do, and that's give everything to God. Um, of course, we have actions. Of course, we can march and do the things that is expected of us, but at the end of the day, we must take all our burdens to the Lord and leave it there. And that's something that we pray and we fast about every single day. Man, think about what he just said. And and I can't, I there's no chance I could say it as well as this young man did. And I have tears coming down my cheek with what he just said. Because if, if everybody felt this way, they're, they're, you know what? We we may disagree on some of the, the, the issues or some of the things or some of the solutions, but leave it at the door. Leave, you know what? Leave it at his feet, and he will take care of it. And Troy and I could go out and, you know what, we could go out and talk to, you know, one group of people over here and, and people over there. And, again, I don't know his politics. I don't know a lot about him when it comes to this. But I know what he just said made so much sense to me. So, Troy, how old are you? Can I ask? 32. 32. Man. Yes, sir. Young, young man, but he's got his head on straight. You know, Pastor Marlon Locke was in the studio with me um, four years ago, and there were some things going on at that point. And I said, Pastor, why don't I know about you? You know, why don't I know when, when there's a shooting in our city, and they mm-hmm. and they bring out pastors all the time, and they're doing a prayer, and then they're gonna you know they're gonna meet with with city hall, and they're gonna do this. How could I not know you? Yeah, you know, former college basketball player, you were a cop, you were a police officer. He said, yeah. "I know, Mike. They don't call me. They don't call me." And and then he came back a year later, and I and I said, "Hey, if you," he goes, I, "I've gotten calls." You know what? I got a couple calls off that show, to be honest with you, and I'm much more involved in some of the city stuff now than I used to be. I don't have as much time as they want me to give because I've got this music ministry and I've got this church. He, you know, he made a comment Troy, that I've, I've probably repeated a hundred times. He said, "Mike, I'll have, um, I'll have grand grandmothers in my church that will come up and say, hey, my grandson is acting up. You got to talk to him.'" And she and he'll say, no, I'm not. No, no, I'll, I'll talk to you. 
I'll teach you and you're going to go talk to him. He said, the problem is, you know, there are some young grandmothers that aren't that aren't done being out in the bars and, and hanging out themselves. And he said, yeah. so that's an, that's an issue. And they want me to sit with the young man for a half hour and get his head on straight. No, I'll teach you and then you go do it. And I have used his line a whole lot. We're going to get to a break. I'll tell you what, it's so good to be doing this show, and especially the first first new one for a while with a young man that is, is just is on, I mean, he's on the button with this stuff. He is Troy Cotton Jr., and as good a basketball player as he was and how much of a fan I was watching him play, I'm more of a fan of his now as what a man he is. And, and our community in this area is lucky that he, I'm, we're just blessed he came back to this area, that's for sure. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fallon Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, our special guest, and he's been really good. He's Troy Cotton Jr., former Milwaukee King basketball player, UW-Green Bay basketball player, city uh, city guy. And uh, if you heard the last segment, you understand why I invited this young man on the show. Again, I would recommend that you become fr- friends with him on Facebook because his Wednesday, it's W-I-N Wednesday uh, messages, it will get, uh, to, it's the middle of the week, and it'll get the middle of the week started really, really well. Take a listen to him, um, friends at Facebook, and then look at some of the things that he's doing, that the Green Brothers are doing uh, from their church. And and you know what? There's some really good stuff on his Facebook page. And then I'll tell you what, when you become friends with them and you see me on the street, you'll say to me, you're right, Troy Cotton did uh, kick his coverage. That girl's way too good looking for him. He's got a beautiful family. Hey, Troy, well, I want to finish the show. We got to, we got, probably got about five, six minutes left. Um, any of the daughters, uh, did you see them looking at, at basketball? Do you think they got a chance to play? And, and uh, would you have any interest in coaching them as they get older? I, I don't think they would want me to coach um, because I think I'd be too intense. Uh, my oldest daughter, 14 years old, uh, she don't want to touch a basketball, which is fine with me. Um, then I have a one-year-old uh, that she's she, she's kind of tough. She, she, she's a tough. She's a tough one. I think she's going to be one of the toughest ones that we have. And then, of course, I have a seven-month. So um, we'll see. Um, I'm going to let them decide. I'm not going to force them into basketball, even though they got a basketball court in their room. Uh, hint, hint, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if they choose. If they do, uh, I'll let somebody else coach them, but I'm definitely going to train them, though. There you go. Man, That that's awesome. Hey, when you think back, and, and, and let's – I. Let's start with 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 the high school years and and you had talked about you know some of your memories. But it, did you play a lot of AAU basketball? Did you play a lot of club ball stuff like that? Yes, I actually played for uh, DTA Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, for Marty McLaughlin. Um he really uh, trained me as well. He was a, a huge part in my development as well. Uh, so I played for uh, them my whole high school. Uh, career um, and we traveled to Las Vegas and LA and all over and really got the expo- uh, exposure that I needed 
in order for me to get a, a scholarship. So I'm very grateful for AU basketball. Hey, Troy, who was the best basketball player that you ever played with? Who's the who's the teammate or the guy you played with on AU or at King that when you look back, you go, man, that dude could just straight up play? Uh, I would say that person would be Dupree Fletcher. Yeah. Um, at Rufus King. Um, he was just an ultimate competitor. Um, he was just amazing uh, what he could do on a basketball floor. He did it on both ends, uh, played defense and offense. Um, I saw him go against uh, Sebastian Telfair um, and, and just go head-to-head with him. Um, he was one of the best high school players, if not the best high school player I've ever seen. You know, I, I agree with you. Like, he was what he could do on the court. And there were times, and look, if he was on this conversation, I, I, I'm telling you, he would agree with me. There were times that you know what he didn't he didn't go a hundred percent in games sometimes when you guys when he did you guys didn't need it or you know the, I think there was times that he took a little time off and the t- the tough part was if he could go back and do it again he'd have to understand there were a lot of people that would come and pay that admission just to watch him play and if he didn't feel like really playing all that hard that night he didn't but I'll tell you what when he felt like playing and he came and brought it. Man, I you, you might you, you might be right. He he would go down as one of the better high school players ever to come out of this area. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he was he had a killer instinct when it, when it was game time. When it's really uh, chips on the line, uh, and I don't think nobody could stop him uh, when he put his mind to it. No one can stop Dupree, and he was someone that just everybody feared on the uh, defensive end. I mean, he. Had, he won't let you cross half court if he decided to really play defense. So he was he was definitely one of the toughest players I ever played with and against. Man. Hey, when you think of your college um, days, and, and, and I wish we had enough time for me to start going through some of your stats um, at UW-Green Bay, but it was a really good career that you had at Green Bay. Um, what's your, like one of your favorite memories? And, and I'm going to go opposite on you with that as well. What what's one of the, the the times where you just felt like you got punched in the in the gut and and you think back, man, that was a really difficult loss for us. Uh, I would think both was my senior year. Uh, it was against Wisconsin, and when we beat Wisconsin, um, they just beat Duke University um, at Wisconsin. Uh, the game before they came to Green Bay and played us, and we actually upset Wisconsin. Um, that was my best memory um, in my college career. Um, I believe I had about 17 points uh, or so. Uh, just amazing win. Uh, they stormed the court. It was just an ama- amazing moment for not only me but for the university. Uh, but also that same year we lost to uh, Butler uh, University. And they, they always uh, dominated the, the conference. Um, but I scored zero points oh. uh, that game. Uh, it was NBA scouts there. It was just uh, one of my toughest days uh, that I I regret and I wish I played better, but they definitely did a, a good number on me on the defensive end. Man, you know what, Butler? I'll tell you what, a lot of people will say, look, Butler did, you know, they, they got us. They got me here. They got me there. And that coach who's now at the Celtics, look, they're down 2-0. I would not count them out. He's he, he's Absolutely. an awfully good coach. Um, I'll tell you this though: Why, do you, Are you an NBA fan? Have you been watching these this tournament? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, would, I love it. Would you agree with me that uh, Miami has a bunch of 
basketball players that make basketball plays. Yes. Um, and you have to understand that when you have a crowd in the stands, it brings a different element uh, to the basketball game. It does affect the game, but now it's like AU basketball. And when you have playmakers like Miami have um, that's fearless, uh, the sky's the limit for them in, in this kind of environment that they are in because you don't have home court advantage. Um, right. It's just all it's like playground basketball, and they have some players that can make plays, and that's the most dangerous team you want to face at this time. Yeah, I agree. Troy, we got to cut you loose. And, and look, please say hello uh, to your mom and dad for me. Um, please tell your wife that that uh, I think you all kicked your coverage. You tell her I said that. And tell her, too, that, that that she has a little bit in common with my wife, where I'm sure that she was praying for you for a long time. My wife was praying for me for a long time. And, and the Lord's blessed you and I with really good godly women in our lives, which has really uh, been very, very helpful. He is Troy Cotton, Troy Cotton Jr., again, from former Milwaukee King, UW-Green Bay player, and, and f- go on Facebook and friend him up, and if not for nothing else, just to, on Wednesday mornings, click on, and you'll feel pretty good about getting ready for the day, I can tell you that. Hey, Troy, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. This is Faith in the Zone. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.